Hello! Welcome to Spoonful of Honey, where a little bit of sweetness helps the message go down. I'm your host, Melissa Wilson. Today's verse, Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is the New King James Version. I like this version on this verse because it translates it very accurately, very literally from the original. There are other versions that say, I know the plans I have for you. And that's not inaccurate. That conveys the meaning and the intent. But the words are are thoughts, God's thoughts, or makshavot in Hebrew. And this verse is about God's thoughts towards Israel, who'd just been sent into captivity into Babylon and told to make a home there, plant plants, get married. Guys, get comfy. You're going to be there a while. That was the message. And that's to whom the verse is written. However, much like Jesus and Paul took verses that were written in a different time period for one generation, they took it and demonstrated it had a meaning for the people of their time and for us. God's word is like that. has timeless truth. And as we apply this word to ourselves, we can see the nature of God's word is multifaceted. It's fresh every day. And for all people and all generations, it also represents who God is, his nature, and his character, that even after we've sinned against him, he wants to bless us and give us hope. So there is timeless truth in the Bible for all generations, for everyone. What's important when we look at one verse is to look at the timeless truth relevant for all and also to recognize what is relevant for those to whom the text was written in that context. This helps us to apply the timeless truth to our own lives. These people were just forcibly ripped from their homes and were shaken up. They're wondering, are they gonna die? What's gonna happen? Are we ever gonna see Israel again? Their new normal was that they were slaves. Maybe you feel captive right now. Friends, we are not captive. We are quarantined. It's very different. No enemies have taken us to a strange land forcibly. We are safe at home. Praise God. However, I believe there are so many spoonfuls of honey, so many nuggets in this verse for us today. First, the word shalom, peace, means complete peace, body, mind, and spirit. Also means wholeness or completeness, and it shares the same root word as the word shulam, which means paid for. So God's got peace that brings wholeness that is paid for, for us. Woohoo! That's good news. And then the opposite of peace is evil. 
the word ra'a. It can also mean distress, unpleasantness, or adversity in the Bible, which is usually brought on by an evil enemy of Israel's. God wants good things for us. He also wants holiness. And sometimes adversity helps us choose to walk in holiness more than pleasantness and comfort does. I believe that in the discomfort caused by COVID-19, many who were not seeking God a few months ago are now more open than they were. Why? Because discomfort brings sobriety to our human souls. It helps us realign our priorities. God made us and he knows us well. He created us for greater things, for divine purposes. Discomfort helps us to seek him. Hallelujah! The last two words I want to highlight are future and hope. Aharit and tikva. Aharit is a happy close of life, given to those who are righteous. Also used in Proverbs this way. And when aharit yomim, used together, it means end of days or end times. No, that's not the usage here, but I find it interesting because it is mentioned in the next chapter of Jeremiah as well as Jacob's trouble is mentioned in Jeremiah 30. And that is something I just want to highlight and say, what a good thing to study. Find out what it means, Jacob's trouble. I'm not going to go into it. I just want to say, hey, look at that. Um, the last word, tikva, this word means hope. Hope is something powerful and infectious. Hope is definitely something we want to spread, especially in times like these, uncertainty and feeling despair. You know, in this time to Israel, when this verse was written, God was saying, even though you'll be in Babylon a while, have hope. I'll bring you back to the land. And he did. And then 2,000 years ago, they were exiled again. In Jesus' day, he prophesied the destruction of the temple, and it happened in 70 AD for all those years. The Jewish people hoped and they longed for a land of their own again. And it was fulfilled in 1948, the state of Israel. I feel so privileged to live here. Every day I get to walk in the land and be reminded that so many prophecies have been fulfilled. Well, currently I can only walk a hundred mile radius from my home. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but how fitting that the Israeli national anthem is called Hatikva or the hope and it was written as a poem in 1878 became a song 10 years later still many years before the hope was realized it was just a hope not a reality in Viktor Frankl's man's search for meaning he talks about how finding meaning or purpose was the uniting factor for most people who survived and lived through the Holocaust for Frankl he found his meaning and hope. He hoped he would live to be with his fiancée and they could live together an actual life and that their suffering in the concentration camps would end. And in case you wanted to know, his fiancée died in the camp. And this hope was unfortunately not realized, but he did live. His hope kept him alive. Hope is so powerful today. God wants to give you hope. I can't help but think about Igniting Hope Ministries when I hear this word hope. Steve and Wendy Backlund love to inspire everyone to hope 
One of my favorite quotes of Steve's is that what you think about a situation is more important than the situation. Hope is powerful, and hope carries us through difficulties that may even seem impossible. Right now, what a hope we have. Passover, Pesach starts Wednesday night here, and Resurrection Sunday is right around the corner. That Yeshua has made the sacrifice for our sins. He is the Passover lamb. And by his blood, we receive forgiveness of sins, not based on works that we do or did, but based on his righteousness. We have this eternal hope that he paid the wages of sin for us, which is death, even death on a cross, that God might exchange our sinfulness for his righteousness. He became a curse for us, that our curse would be reversed and we would be blessed instead. Friends, I love this, and no, I'm not going to go into all the Seder meal, but my favorite aspect of Passover is the afikomen, or afikomen. This is not a Hebrew word. It's Greek, and it means he came. This is, in Jewish eyes, the best part of the Passover, also called the dessert of the Passover, where um, there's three matzahs representing Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and for those who believe in Jesus, um, represents Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. So you take the middle matzah, and uh, this is amazing. It's marvelous. It's a mystery because Isaac is also foreshadowing of Jesus, the one who was sacrificed. You take half of this middle matzah and you hide it until the end of Passover. It's wrapped in a white linen cloth. Um, then after dinner, everyone, well, at least the children, look for it. This piece of unleavened bread wrapped in a cloth and then whoever finds it gets a prize of money or chocolate. Doesn't that sound like Jesus being broken, dying, being wrapped in white linen and buried and then risen and found, giving us a great prize for all who find him, eternal life. Here's the best part, the dessert. <laughs> After the afikuman is found, it's opened, broken into small pieces, and everyone takes a piece and eats it. What? Yep, it's true. What does that sound like? That sounds like communion. Communion was instituted at Jesus' last Passover with his disciples. He told them, take the bread, take the wine, remember me. How fantastic. We have eternal hope in Jesus, in Yeshua. Now, Yeshua is not another person. It's just Jesus in Hebrew. And it literally comes from the word salvation. Yeshua. I want to speak this verse over you today as I read it. Receive this hope from the Lord. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29:11. Hallelujah, friends. He is not here. He is risen. We have eternal hope. Let's celebrate this week. Yippee! Thank you for joining us on this episode of Spoonful of Honey. May the Lord continue to stir up hunger in our souls that we hunger for more of Him and the sweetness of His Word.
Has this podcast encouraged you? Share it with your friends. Everyone needs a spoonful of honey. A little bit of sweetness helps the message go down. Until next time, we'll be back every Monday with another spoonful of honey.